Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Today, Randy, we're continuing our ongoing series uh, where we're featuring uh, some psalms and some proverbs. And today we're going to switch back to the psalms. And uh, our basic nugget within Psalm 37 is uh, first, verse 4, which says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But before we get into that, we're going to talk a little current events. <laughs> and now for current events. Well, you had a, um, you've had a monumental week this week with some very unanticipated invitations that came your way. And mm-hmm. uh, I think you should talk to the listeners about what transpired. It's very exciting news for you. This past Wednesday, I flew to Washington and uh, attended a White House briefing conducted by White House senior staff for a group of us who were generally invited because we're uh, leaders in the Christian counseling community. It came up last week. The invitation came in a week before it on a Wednesday that this gathering was going to happen. And uh, so I was one of the leaders invited. And uh, as you know, uh, with my schedule at the last minute, uh, we had to do some rearranging. And uh, so very early Wednesday morning, I got on a flight got to Washington at about 10.30, went to a buffet luncheon with these leaders, and then we proceeded over to the White House, where for three hours we were briefed on primarily uh, President Trump's uh, mental health initiatives. And uh, some of the people that were talking to us, Kellyanne Conway, who's one of his top senior advisors, and uh, some other people who are head of various agencies like Health and Human Services, and uh, some of the details of what they're going to be doing this year are confidential, and uh, we're not supposed to talk about it because it hasn't happened yet. Uh, But they were were inviting our feedback as a faith community, you know, in terms of maybe some other ideas that we might have. And uh, we also heard about tax reform and uh, some other things uh, that is obviously in the news this week. So it was just a really inspiring meeting. I got to meet some great people. There were some great leaders there. I I sat down for a while with Dr. James Dobson of uh, uh, historically focus on the family fame and you know people like that were there. So I just came away uh, when it comes to uh, even national policy, uh, wanting to be more involved. And uh, uh, one of the one of the men who was a top advisor on uh, oh gosh, what was his department? I, it's all like a blur in my mind, but he was concerned about prisons and. Uh, our prison population and how it keeps growing and, you know, how we uh, just compared to other nations uh, don't treat our prisoners well. And he was interested in prison reform. And so I'm going to be in touch with him about some ideas I have about that, given my my history with uh, working with sex offenders. And uh, also, you know, most people don't know this, but when I was in seminary, I was a prison chaplain for a couple of years. And we continue to get those personal letters yeah, uh, here right. at Faithful and True uh, on an ongoing basis where right. there will be handwritten letters from, from pris- prisoners. So yeah. you are not, this is not a subject that is uh, mm-hmm. um, foreign to you. Yeah, that's right. So 
I could go on with describing it, but uh, one of the things that did come out of it was that President Trump evidently is, uh, you know, very solidly a Christian and uh, uh, really depends on his uh, kind of informal evangelical council that uh, Pastor Paula White uh, uh, has created for him. And uh, he and one of my colleagues, uh, Dr. Tim Clinton, who I co-wrote a book with, evidently uh, go to the White House on a regular basis and have uh, uh, prayer meetings with the president and the vice president, who we also know as a Christian. And Several of the senior staffers were talking about starting their day at the White House with uh, prayer, and uh, it was... Uh, enlightening, wasn't enlightening. it? Enlightening, yeah. yeah. Now, you know, President Trump, as we all know, does not always come across, particularly in his tweets, as being particularly a religious man, but uh, he evidently is. So, uh, I, you know, I found that uh, comforting at some level, that he's at least, with a lot of his policies, uh, uh, receiving uh, advice from them. Uh, the evangelical community. And anyway, some of us came away just kind of wanting uh, to be a part of that. Well, it's it's inspiring and it's encouraging. And I would think that uh, in the uh, in the world of uh, affirmations, that that was a very strong one for you personally. So we, uh, yeah. we were very proud that you got the invitation, mm-hmm. proud that you made it work with your very uh, hectic schedule, and uh, mm-hmm. we were uh, inspired to hear that the leadership of this administration mm-hmm. um, does have a, a a heart that is influenced by our Lord and Savior. Yeah. Right. So moving well, thank you for that current event report. That's uh, I would be unable to top that. So <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll move yeah. on. You yeah. make my week seem like it's been very. <laughs> Very dull. <laughs> yeah, very no. dull in comparison. I, I have not been hopping on planes and going from coast to coast. Yeah. Uh, let's bring our listeners, Mark, back to this uh, psalm that you have introduced to us today. Okay, well, uh, I already uh, mentioned the core verse here, uh, verse 4 of Psalm 37, but I think it's worth uh, reading a little bit more of the psalm just to kind of put it in context. So uh, let's start out with uh, verse 1. Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. The justice of you cause like the noonday sun. So when I was uh, thinking about today uh, and uh, recording this show, I was just remembering that uh, we hadn't talked yet about this uh, verse 4, which is kind of the basis of our book, um, The Seven Desires of the Heart. So we've talked about the seven desires on the show, I think, probably a number of times before. But one of the uh, the main points of the book is that uh, when we have these seven desires, uh, at least historically, we hope that our spouses, when we get married, uh, will somehow magically be able to meet all these desires of our heart. Uh, so if we grew up in home situations in which we didn't get heard and understood, we didn't get affirmed, we didn't get a blessing, uh, which is the case for just about all of the men that I work with, uh, we didn't feel safe. I was just talking to a new man before coming down here, and uh, he grew up in an alcoholic home, and his dad was violent and uh, domestically abusive to uh, his mother, and uh, that's not a safe home. So does that man not grow up with uh, 
a desire for safety. Some of us didn't get touched in healthy ways. I, I think, again, the vast majority of men who come here uh, are touch deprived of healthy touch. And then finally, the last two desires, uh, a lot of us were not uh, feeling like we were chosen uh, or that we were included. So we get married and we hope that our wives uh, will meet all of these desires. And uh, when we discover, because our wives are human and uh, sinners at the foot of the cross, just like we are, they, they are not always capable of meeting those desires, at least in the ways that we would like. And so we are reminded uh, by the psalmist here, by King David, that uh, we are to delight ourselves in the Lord, and he will be the one uh, that uh, grants us the desires of our heart. Well, that's a, a powerful passage, and uh, anyone that has read Seven Desires, uh, which is the new, when I just when I abbreviate it and just call it Seven Desires, it's because the publisher themselves mm -hmm. have abbreviated it and taken yeah. the original title of Seven Desires of Every Heart and, uh, and simply made it Seven Desires when they uh, released the paperback version, which has been very popular in our bookstore. Yeah. Um, Mark, let's do this right now. Um, that was a great way of tying the book into today's message. Mm -hmm. Let's take our break right now, and when we come back, we'll be able to take a closer look at this psalm. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Uh, trigger of the Week, given the fact that uh, uh, this week I've already introduced the fact that uh, I had to travel kind of unexpectedly and at the last minute. And just so the listeners know, I did fly into Washington in the morning. Uh, we had our meeting, which was in the afternoon, and then I headed back to the airport and flew home. So it was uh, less than a 24-hour trip. And uh, the trigger is the stress of traveling and uh, going various places. Well, there is anxiety for, uh, for, for many people who travel like that, especially when you look. I, I could tell with you personally that uh, in light of the past year and a half of physical challenges mm -hmm. uh, that you have handled, and you get an exciting, exhilarating invitation like this, 
and knowing that part of it is getting up before the crack of dawn, yeah. getting rushing to the airport, getting on a plane, flying to Washington, D.C., partaking in this uh, event and all that came with it, getting back to an airport and flying back home all within the confines of one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a daunting task for anybody even who uh, has no concerns about it. But in the world that we live in today, mm-hmm. and you're going to the hub yeah. you know, of our country, um, there's always anxieties involved. There's anxieties about the flights being on time, because I know there were concerns about that. Will we land in time? Will I get to the airport yeah. in time? Right. Will our plane take off in time? Right. Will I be there in time for that luncheon with these dignitaries before we yeah. have this three-hour session? And when you're done, will we get back to the airport in time yeah. for our return flight home? Because I don't want to have to spend the night in Washington, <laughs> Washington. because you have a full schedule yeah. the very next day. So anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, that, that seems to be one of the most normal circumstances for a trip of this magnitude? Well, I think you just listed all the my possible anxieties because I've, I've flown too much and uh, I've been on too many delayed flights uh, uh, that didn't get me where I needed to go on time. I've actually historically missed uh, speeches. I've generally learned to go in, you know, the day before so, you know, it doesn't create a problem. But uh, this, this was something I, I couldn't avoid. So I just had to trust and pray that the airlines uh, were on time. Once you get there and have attended your meetings, you're a little less anxious, I guess, about getting home, although I always am. But, uh, yeah, the flights uh, in both directions were completely on time. In fact, they were early. So uh, it was a good day that way. But when we're calling it, uh, oh, yes, and going to the White House, uh, you know, there was a certain level of stress and anxiety about that. Uh, I had to go through four security checkpoints just to get in the building. That's because you're such a shady-looking character. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Some guys with AK-47s and another guy with a dog. And uh, uh, and they're asking you all about that beeping sound that's coming from your belt, yeah, and, it's, yeah. and, it, and it's your di- diabetes monitor, you know what I mean? Yeah, your, my uh, insulin pump. Your yeah. insulin pump, so that's yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it, did, uh, uh, it didn't create a stink, but... It did create an, evil, uh, an extra level of getting wanded and, you know, all of that. But uh, that was, you know, even just at the airport, you know, I had to go through an extra level of security because of all of that material. And that's not an uncommon thing, but, you know, it does create stress. And uh, so I, I guess what we're saying is, and there's a lot of the men that come here that uh, travel all the time. And, you know, they, they do encounter, you know, being in hotels uh, overnight and all the the various temptations of uh, the pornography that's on the on-demand uh, channels at their TV and stuff. And, so being uh, triggered by the anxieties of travel yeah. really is is not uh, unique to uh, to anyone who has to travel for their job. Yeah, that's that type right. Of thing. Yeah, right. yeah. And and we always talk with them about kind of a plan and uh, making sure they have safeguards in place. And uh, for me on this trip, the safeguard was that. Uh, I took a uh, companion with me. I mm-hmm. took uh, Dr. Russ Schmidt, who helps me lead our Tuesday night group, and he's a physician and uh, pediatrician. So uh, he traveled with me, and 
you know, that was a uh, calming <laughs> influence also. That's because he's used to dealing with people with childish, childish <laughs> yes. behavior. Yeah, and certain uh, levels of childlike anxiety. So, yeah, I, I couldn't pass that one up. I'm sorry. Russ is a tremendous guy. We were, yeah. we were very pleased that he could make the trip with you. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, let's, let's uh, bring our listeners back to today's topic. Well, one of the things that always interests me is the uh, total context in which a verse appears. So... You know, uh, I already read uh, the first three verses and then the fifth verse, which surround, you know, our key passage about delighting in the Lord and he will grant us the desires of the heart. But I find it interesting that uh, kind of the setup here is talking about not allowing ourselves to be anxious or worried or envious, is another word that's used here, of uh, evil men uh, who seem to be successful. And... Uh, I was thinking about this because uh, having been at the White House uh, this week, President Trump uh, obviously didn't get a chance to meet him because he was over in the in uh, Korea. Well, he was in uh, Japan, Korea, and then later mm-hmm. China. And uh, today, I think uh, he's in Vietnam, and he's meeting with uh, President Putin of the Soviet Union. And I think a central topic both in China Korea, and also uh, with President Putin, is how they're planning to handle Kim Jong-un there in North Korea. And uh, so, you know, in our passage, uh, when we think about evil men, uh, I don't know about our listeners, but, you know, when I, when I look at this uh, North Korean leader, uh, I think he's the epitome uh, of an evil man. And uh, what the Bible is reminding us of is how often have evil men just eventually, you know, been killed or done away with, or they weren't successful forever. And uh, the Bible compares it to like grass, you know, just wasting and blowing away. So, uh, so I'm, I'm kind of asking, you know, how many of us in our anxieties uh, worry about others out there in the world that uh, seem to be getting ahead of us because of their evil ways? How many of us are in fact jealous of those that, uh, seem to be successful, even though they're not the most virtuous of people. And uh, we wonder, you know, how do they make so much money? How do they get ahead? How do they get, you know, in the press all the time? And, uh, uh, you know, all of this crisis with uh, all of these famous actors and and uh, others, you know, in the last few weeks kind of reminds us that if you were ever envious of uh, guys like Harvey Weinstein and all of his you know, movie empire, you know, here's a guy that, you know, it may in fact be the case uh, that he winds up uh, doing some prison time. And how quickly the powerful can fall. Yeah, he fell in, you know, like a day, you know. And uh, so uh, don't we see examples all the time that remind us of uh, biblical truth, uh, that God's in control of things. Uh, He knows about all of this evil leadership going on. He has since the beginning of time. Can we think of a dictator or a leader uh, whose uh, legacy uh, is an ongoing legacy? And I I can't think of one. Uh, The most obvious example uh, is Adolf Hitler and all that he created and did. And, you know, he wound up uh, by himself in an underground bunker in Berlin uh, shooting himself. So, you know, we need to uh, uh, remember, again, that uh, God is in control. So when God is in control... uh, particularly when it comes to our desire for safety, I think we always need to remember that uh, if we delight ourselves 
in the Lord, in his protection, his provision, that his, his intention is to prosper us and not to harm us. And even though there, there are others out there that seem to be getting ahead of us, you know, we need to remember uh, that God's desire for us is to uh, uh, grow us, grow us in character and uh, provide for us in every way. And uh, we need to delight in that because that's something to be delighted about. Well, and that's great for us to be, uh, for you to be reminding our listeners of that, because I think there's a tendency among so many men and women to look at the uh, the shape of their lives or the ongoing world that we live in and to start to worry mm-hmm. and, and to be concerned about uh, their own selves, uh, their family, their job, their situation. And this is so reassuring to know that the Lord has a plan. And yeah. to trust in the Lord. Right. And when we do that, we'll find in the end that that he'll never let us down. So often, uh, it, it's kind of like being grateful for unanswered prayers. Right. You know, times that we think that we know the answer. And, oh, if you'll just let me, you know, get this or get this job or whatever. And then you find out down the road that that would have been disastrous for you personally or for right. your family or whatever. So right. um, I'm constantly reminded and astounded by how relevant the scripture is to our world and our lives today. Yeah. And this is just another really encouraging passage that mm-hmm. I hope gives our listeners that confidence that we're trying to instill. Yeah. I'm just reminded of, a, of an idea that uh, I've tried a little bit, and uh, maybe it's uh, something that our listeners would uh, be interested in. I once heard a great, very successful pastor whose name I'm blocking on at the moment, but he said he got early on in his ministry in the habit of uh, writing down every day his prayers. And I think you were just talking about, you know, how we pray, and we sometimes feel that uh, God doesn't answer those prayers right away. And our timing is, you know, rather impatient, and God's timing is often slower than that. And he said that uh, uh, being in the habit every day of writing down his prayers, he didn't necessarily focus on it, but he said uh, 10 years later, after he'd started doing this, he went back to the beginning of his prayer journal, and he just read over his prayers. And he said he was amazed to, to find out uh, how many of those prayers had been answered, not in his timing, but in God's timing. And uh, so it's just an idea. I think we always encourage journaling here, meditation, and spending time with the Lord. And uh, so I'm just inviting our listeners to, uh, and maybe they could even think about p- prayers that they've prayed years ago and asked himself the question, did God not eventually answer those prayers? Well, I think that kind of exercise also gives us a very meaningful um, viewpoint on um, things that we once thought were important, uh, and maybe they were, but like Mm -hmm. you just said, when you realize when the prayer was answered and you see more of God's plan by his timing Mm -hmm. and how it was even better because he let it happen when he felt the time was right. Yeah. You know, that that's, uh, oh, we always look for those reassurances. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if you take the time to do that, the prayers that weren't answered, down the road you go, oh, thank God mm-hmm. that that prayer mm-hmm. wasn't answered because that would have led to some other mm-hmm. uh, repercussions or circumstances. But uh, just, you know, giving us the opportunity to praise God and his and his judgment and him knowing what's best for us, I think, is is really encouraging to all of us. How would you like to leave our listeners today? Well, uh, I was just thinking that there are times and, you know, this sounds a little hokey uh, when God does answer our prayers right away. I was 
standing on the corner of Pennsylvania Avenue, where the White House is, and 17th Street. And uh, <clears throat> Russ and I needed to get to the airport, so we needed a cab. And we were not in, you know, one of those areas where, you know, like a hotel where the cab. Where they're lined up. Where they're lined up. So uh, I'm standing on the corner there. And uh, I just said, you know, one of those prayers that we all kind of say sometimes. It's like, uh, Lord, uh, help us find a taxi. <laughs> Pay for us with a taxi right now. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, uh, no sooner reopened my eyes when a cab pulled up. <laughs> now, it could be because there was 20 other cabs behind him. I don't know. There's a lot of cabs in Washington, D.C. Well, uh, I, I, we'll, we're going to chalk it up to the power of prayer. More immediate prayer. <laughs> so anyway, now, what I'd like to leave our listeners with is just the ongoing uh, knowledge that uh, God is who he said he is, and he will protect us and take care of us, and that uh, our job uh, on a daily basis is to delight ourselves in him and his provision. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank you for listening to our show today. We hope that this current series that we're doing on the Psalms and the Proverbs is one that is bringing uh, great hope and vision to you. And we hope that uh, this coming week is a week that once again for you personally is filled with many blessings and great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.